The flames are known to cause both mental and physical pain. <laughs> okay. Alright, bump the brakes there. That's a little aggressive. You're tuned into the GoCast Podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Training Pokemon just got a temporary Hail Mary feature. It's time to buddy up and enjoy some great improvements to the Mega Evolution system. This week's Pokalore has a Cubone to pick with you. Aeroblast! Slightly less, but still insanely good. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 118. It is a Thursday evening what weird it's november 10th thanks for joining us i'm i'm your host chris as always i'm joined by my co-host kyle hiya hey kyle how's it going it's going but it's going on a thursday this time that's true it is different and thank you for noting that i appreciate it but that's not (laughs) the only thing that's different this week we're also joined by a third person this week and it's just it's not an interview format he's here for the show he's going to hang out do the whole thing it's going to be great uh, this is our mutual real life friend and friend of the show and part of our community, Andrew, also known as Legendary Moo. Andrew, how's it going? Doing all right. How are you two doing? Great. Killing it on a Thursday, as Kyle and I have pointed out three <laughs> times now. <laughs> it's but just so it weird. It is. I think so. It is. What if it wasn't? That'd be so funny. We were just like both wrong about it. No, it's definitely Thursday. You guys skipped raid hour. What's wrong? Uh, we do that anyway. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> All right, so before we get started here, I do want to give uh, two quick shout outs to two brand new patrons, Kendrick and Rita. Thank you to the both of you very much for your patronage. It's greatly appreciated. Okay, so before goals and stuff, let's get to know Moo a little bit here. So Moo, tell us about you, your play style, and uh, what sort of stuff you do around Pokemon Go. Uh, General play is grinding, uh, dust, shiny hunting, IV hunting. On top of that, I really enjoy PvP. And that is the focus of what I do on Twitch. Okay, awesome. And then when you're playing the game, besides GBL, uh, do you spend any time like raiding or doing other things? Uh, Definitely. I'll do whatever raids are relevant at the time until either everybody's sick of them or, you know, we get enough. And any notable like milestones? Like, uh, are you a trainer level times a million or what's going on? I, yes. And I'd have to look up the numbers because I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're byproducts high yeah, enough that he can stop caring about it it's pretty, pretty yeah, xp is a him. byproduct of the rest of the game just like stardust and everything else okay i appreciate that mentality i do because uh, i'm a little self-conscious when i talk to people that are like trainer level times 10 i'm like oh boy i'm like almost times three <laughs> i'm almost times two Ooh, so wow. just all that matters is getting to level 38 yep that's it. Beyond true. that, it's just dust. That's very true. But what about the lucky eggs you get from turning to level 40? Those are always really important. <laughs> yeah, uh, those sat in my bag for like six months before I was just sick of looking at them, and I just turned them on as I was you know, out catching, doing whatever. Like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I think one time I popped one just for like five minutes of play. I was like, what am I going to use these for? Whatever. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what about some current goals you might have? Before Kyle and I talk about the goals we set last week, are you working on anything in particular, Moo? Uh, In particular right now is I'm trying to find things that'll be playable for the catch cup at the end of the month for GBL. 
uh, in playable IVs, which is not the easiest thing to do given the current spawn pool. So that's been a task. Uh, 6,000 grunts completed, which I'll have done (laughs) probably by Tuesday. If I, yeah, I'll have that done by Tuesday. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. So many grunts. How many, how many of those a day do you think you do? Uh, since we've got strange eggs, I do my best to get at least two strange eggs a day. So that would be 14. Wow. Okay. Well, including the leader. That's more than I do in two weeks. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's impressive. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, cool. All right, Kyle, you ready to compare our uh, our low goals? I don't know, Chris. How many Team Rocket grunts have you defeated first before we move on? <laughs> Total right now? Total. I've completed 521. Hey, you're halfway to that gold. Nice. I am. I am halfway. I'm, that's actually a lot more than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be like seven. But um, <laughs> well, for but something we you don't enjoy doing, like that's all right yeah that's, that's pretty good i will say niantic knew because I'm, I'm an egg fiend they put eggs in there now i'm doing them a lot more so yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah all right kyle you and me one of all well, one of your goals was just participation which is uh, a weird juxtaposition to have after just talking to move about six thousand grunts <sighs> all right so anyway your first goal kyle was to participate in go battle night boy did i boy did you i did oh good Good. That was a question, not a statement. Boy, did you? <laughs> How about 300,000 Stardust? You know what? I don't actually know because I think I spent like 200,000 just to take part in that day. Yeah. But I'm going to say no just because I don't remember what my total was at before. Okay. All right. A no out of just a lack of attention to detail. I understand. How about uh, hatch three 12 kilometer eggs, also known as strange eggs? Yes, that, that did happen. Oh, did you get anything good out of them? I got three Trubbish. No, two Tyranitar and another Vullaby. So okay. Four One Vullaby. out of three is not miserable. No, and, and that, Larvitar is the better out of the trash pool. This is definitely true. But I would have I would have liked a Ponyard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair enough. Well, I'll tell you what. I got my third one. We can trade sometime. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay, two out of three. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, for myself, I wanted to... I, my goal was different. I also went down Go Battle Night, but I wanted to complete all my matches, and I did not. I dipped out, I think, after, what, five or six sets on that stream night, so I did not yeah. complete that. Catch a shiny Lugia, I did. I did earlier yeah. this week. I'm very thrilled about it, so thank you to our Discord community for making that happen. Um, and 300,000 Stardust, I did do that this week. I was playing quite a bit, which was nice. So also two out of three, hooray, hooray for tying thank you for making me feel better about my one particular failing kyle (laughs) we all knew you were going to fail that one though i was pretty confident that maybe i wouldn't (laughs) but but then in the moment it was like okay like i'm done (laughs) it's a lot to do all at once i think you'd have to like if i was trying to do it i would have to be like because you have six hours it'd have to be like six to seven then take a break seven to eight and then do eight to nine like i would have to take breaks in between for sure but anyway that's it let's stop stalling with goals and planning stuff. And let's just get into the news. And welcome to the news. Our first piece of news here. We've got three this week. Actually, technically we have four. Uh, new tests coming soon for select trainers. And the article says, Trainers, beginning on Monday, November 9th, 2020, new tests will be happening in Pokemon Go. We'll be conducting an XP rebalancing test for select trainers in Australia and New Zealand, during which... 
those trainers will experience <laughs> adjustments to the amount of XP they earn from activities such as catching Pokemon, <laughs> hatching eggs, evolving Pokemon, and more. I would assume pretty much any way that you would attain experience is right there. Uh, this test will run into Monday, November 16th. That's this upcoming Monday here. Additionally, trainers around the world may begin seeing different items pop up in the daily free box, which they can find in the free section of the shop. These items might be those most relevant to each trainer's Pokemon Go experience. Oh, so they're becoming customized. Okay. While these tests are running, be sure to share your feedback with us on social media by replying to at Pokemon Go app and at Niantic on Twitter. And thank you for the continued support. We look forward to providing this update to all trainers once testing is complete. All right. So really quick, there's a tonal shift here in comparison to the previous testing that they were doing where it was kind of like, uh, we're not quite sure how we want the, because it was the coin system. We're not quite sure. They're, like This last sentence here says, we look forward to providing this update to all trainers once testing is complete, is a vote of confidence that the other one did not have. They made it seem like they really wanted to do several iterations, and they have, and have since stopped testing the coin system. But this one seems like it's much further along, and I'm not quite sure where that confidence comes from. Now, I'm not as embedded in the XP community, but thankfully we have a grinding ex- expert with us, I should say. So, Moo, I'm kind of curious, how did you take this article? How do you, how are you digesting these changes? Do you think there's anything notable about it or are they just doing some tests and it's not that big of a deal? Uh, first, I feel bad for the Aussie New Zealand friends of ours that are just the guinea pig for everything. Like, <laughs> sorry, guys, it's. Uh, hopefully it's a positive change if they make XP. I mean, XP, in my opinion, is already super easy to get. If they make it easier, who cares? Level 40 is like the first benchmark people go for. So getting people there faster is just better for long term of the game. If people are still competitive with XP and other things, you know, whatever, they'll get over it. Now, does your answer change if this is an anticipation of them up in the level cap? Nope. Not one mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Kyle, do you have anything to add to this? I mean, I think it's only good. I don't think it's necessarily negative. I do feel bad about them always being guinea pigs, especially for community days. But yeah. I look forward to a time where the best way to hit level 40 is not by abusing friendship bonuses. So if this can put us closer to a time where playing the game is the best way to hit level 40, then that's that's okay with me. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the friendship experience hook, I think, was more of a was more of an incentive to get people to really invest in that feature when it was kind of lacking in subsequent you know, ancillary features around it. Right. The XP was the motivation for a lot of people. So maybe this is, I think you're right, bringing it up to a level where like that is less so, but it's still rewarding. But playing the rest of the game doesn't feel like a waste of time in comparison to just opening up all your gifts every day. You know, this XP rebalancing test is currently live in the in the regions that we had described. So Australia, New Zealand again. Sorry, y'all, but hopefully it's going well. Um, And so I'd be really interested to hear from uh, our listeners over there. What is your take on this? How is it going? Is it not a big deal? Does it change everything? How are you feeling? Please feel free to send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. But let's move on to the next piece of news here. And it is, of course, City Spotlight. Rediscover your city with your buddy Pokemon. 
And it says, trainers, experience your city in a whole new way. City Spotlight is a new initiative we'll be launching in select cities that guides trainers on an adventure through their hometown or a place nearby, highlighting special locations for trainers to explore while making memories with their buddy Pokemon. Kind of like a treasure hunt. You'll have the opportunity to discover exciting surprises by exploring the outdoors, all while remaining socially distant through individual research tasks, walking-based gameplay, and social distancing bonuses. We have worked with each city to promote this initiative and design the gameplay to be in compliance with local health and safety guidelines. All right, cool. So it's good to know first up that they talked with each of these places that we haven't listed yet um, and established what the unique situation is there instead of just being like, oh, people over here, go do this thing and be safe because that's not, don't leave it up to us to figure out. You know what I mean? This is nice. Um, on Sunday, November 22nd, 2020, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. local time, trainers in the following cities will be able to take part in this city spotlight initiative. Tainan, Taiwan, Kyoto, Japan, Auckland, New Zealand, and Busan, South Korea. Stay away from the trains there. Here, it's not a good time. Just kidding. I think their infrastructure is good. I was referencing a, a zombie movie. Don't want to offend anybody. This city spotlight initiative will feature both free and ticketed content. Oh, that's cool. The details of what's included in each experience are as follows. So first up, what's included in the free citywide experience? The city spotlight time to research will take you and your buddy Pokemon all around your city. Take snapshots to earn Pokemon encounters, a Poffin, Stardust, and a Lucky Egg. Spin Pokestops for a chance to receive a special gift sticker. Take part in a Pokestop scanning competition against other participating cities. Check how your city is faring in the standings on an online leaderboard. The city with the most AR mapping tasks completed at the end of the weekend will win an exclusive event featuring a one-quarter hatch distance bonus. Receive a special reward when you complete an AR mapping task. Okay, so the purpose of this has just become incredibly clear. We'll circle back. We'll talk about it. Let's finish talking about the event first. All right. What's included in the city spotlight ticketed experience? Everything that was just listed. In addition, the following Pokemon will be attracted to special event incense, Onyx, Lapras, unknown letter C, Nose Pass, Rhyhorn, Doduo, Mantine, Pidgey. Oh, there's Pidgey. Pelipper, Pidgeot, ooh, big Pidgey, and Stoutland. If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny unknown C. Shiny unknown C will be available only for the duration of the event to trainers who have a city spotlight ticket. Explore the city with your buddy Pokemon using exclusive city spotlight special research as a guide. Complete the special research to receive a Poffin and Incense, a Super Incubator, three Lucky Eggs, a Lure Module, an Encounter with Lapras, Experience, and Stardust. Earn up to three extra hearts with your buddy in every category. Oh, wowza. Your buddy will know that an exciting adventure is ahead. Give it treats during the event and it will automatically become excited. Wow. Quarter hatch distance. Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty sweet. Quarter hatch distance when an egg is placed in an incubator while the city spotlight initiative is active. Incense will be more effective when you're walking and will last for two hours. And if you want to buy a ticket, well, first of all, they they go live and they're available in the events tab in the Go app starting Tuesday, November 10th at 4 p.m. PST until Sunday, November 22nd at uh, 2 p.m. local time subject to availability. Tickets are $5-ish, $4.99 US. And there you go. Okay. We know what this whole thing is about. We just talked about it. And there's two versions of the of the experience for City Spotlight. Kyle, I'm curious, what, what are your first opinions on this and, and your last opinions? Just give me all of them. I think the idea is really cool. I kind of wish we got it like two years ago, but I get why it's a complicated thing to implement. But 
other than that, I'm just positive about the type of things they're trying. As for the details of the individual like ticketed experience, it's whatever, honestly. I, I don't have any particular thoughts one way or another. It's cool. There's an unknown because that's kind of how it is. It's very interesting. It's specifically called out to be shiny, which is good that they're actively communicating that. And it's got some decent bonuses for the people who care about the buddy. It's a lot of extra hearts, especially if you cycle through buddies in that aspect. Definitely. But let's not ignore the fact that this is clearly about the AR mapping tasks. Uh, the base level is mostly that with some benefits. And then the ticketed experience just makes it more lucrative in order to participate. Look, let's be honest. I don't. The AR mapping does not exist in my mind. I have one task that I hold on to just because so I don't get more because I'm too lazy to turn it off. <laughs> really? I still haven't gotten one. I want to try it. I haven't gotten it yet. But let's get back to the let's get back to the event that we're talking about here. I mean, what sort of opinion do you have on this? Uh, it, anything different than what Kyle just said? The event looks awesome. Um, I wouldn't scan a single thing. I'd buy the ticket and play the incense. <laughs> looks great. Yeah, but but don't you want the the city with the most AR mapping tasks completed at the end of the weekend will win an exclusive event featuring a quarter hatch distance bonus? Uh, no, okay, not well, interested. I hatch yeah. eggs like occasionally, like you know, I'll, I'll run the free one and then I'll put twelve Ks or ten Ks in the super incubator, and that's it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I think this is this is interesting. I'm a little bit upset that there's going to be limited research in places that I can't go get it, <laughs> um, which uh, this weekend, oh God, I have some news for anybody that actually has that cares at all about me being a completionist about this. I got I, I was broken, broken this past weekend because Grubhub failed me. <laughs> Grubhub failed me. I got into the Verizon event. I did the Verizon event this past Saturday and Grubhub never sent me an email. And not only did they not send me an email, I canceled my subscription the day that I signed up for it, because I wouldn't forget, and they still charged me for it. I was so oh upset. It was the worst. And so I got on the <laughs> phone and I talked to somebody, got that back. Ayo, but the, but the event was a no-go. So those of you that did get to embrace their Grubhub-ness over this weekend, I'm a little bit jealous. But apparently, I'm not the only one. There's been widespread complaints about that event in particular, not having good fulfillment from the Grubhub email side. So at least I'm not alone in my pain. All right, cool. Now that I've, you know, I was on my soapbox for a minute there. Let's move on to the next piece of news. Pokemon Home and its Go integration is live. All right. So this is going to be a quick short thing with some charged opinions based on what people are saying on the internet here. <laughs> but, and there is a, there's an energy system that they've used to kind of meter how people are, I guess, populating Pokemon into, into Home from Go, which is, of no surprise, to be super honest with you, things being gated, time gated in some way in mobile games is, is not unusual. It's actually the norm, to be honest. Um, but also there's the added complication of this being transferred into Sword and Shield from home. We'll get to that in a minute. But essentially, you start with 10,000 energy, and then each Pokemon that you transfer takes energy away from that. It costs energy, right? And the energy costs are different based on what you are going to try to transfer to home. So if that's like a common Pokemon, just like a regular old Bulbasaur, nothing special about it, not shiny, nothing. 10 energy. So you could do, you know, a thousand of those if you really, really wanted to do that. But if, you know, you wanted to transfer a shiny legendary Pokemon, 
That's all 10,000 of your energy. And then it takes a week for that energy to replenish before you can spend it again, assuming it goes back up to 10,000 here. Yeah, that seems about right. Or you could pay a thousand poke coins to charge it instantly. Now there's a bunch of other rates and I'll link another uh, link to an article in the show notes that you can take a look at this because as Kyle was just talking about um, prior to the show that this information is not easily referenceable in the game or anywhere else in official capacity. So we'll link you to an article from Pokemon Go Hub that has these rates for you. It's really interesting. But let me just cut to the quick here. People are, are kind of upset about this online from what I can tell. There are a lot of people that don't care because a lot of people don't want to engage with this feature anyway. But a lot of people look at this as like, why gate this at all? Why this energy system? Why a week of recharge time? And I've got some feelings. But before I air that dirty laundry, I'd really like to get an opinion from somebody else. Does anybody else have an opinion strongly about this or just just me? Am I alone? I have a lukewarm opinion. Does that okay, count? Okay, I'll that take enough? it. Yes, sold, I, sold. I, I'm one of the ones who doesn't really care, mostly because I don't have a subscription to home. I have no intention of getting one. I don't need one. But it's still unfortunate with the energy system and how it limits the transferring of Pokemon. But I get it. It's a mobile game incremental stuff is how the business is done and on top of that the real reason i think it exists is because the pokemon company doesn't want home flooded with shinies with high iv pokemon if you don't know if you transfer a hundred percent iv pokemon from pokemon go it will become a five perfect iv pokemon in, in home and the speed stat will re-roll so Therefore, also in Sword and Shield, if you choose to transfer over there. And especially because, let's face it, legendary Pokemon are easier to get in Pokemon Go than they are in the base game. It kind of makes sense that it consumes all of your energy to transfer one. Right. And and I agree. And that's pretty much where my my passionate opinion comes from before that mood. You got something to add to this? Um, So the only way to get Melmetal is through that system, right? In, In Sword and Shield. Uh, you could yes. transfer from Let's Go to Home mm, and then yeah, okay. out to uh, Sword and Shield if you wanted to. Okay, but in order to get it a Melmetal in Let's Go, you have to trade it to Let's Go from Go, right? Yes, yes. yes. Okay, so no matter what, if you if you have both games, you're, you're pretty invested in that system. And if you got a hundo, right, how many do you have? If you have two, you're insane. That's awesome. Send one over. That's totally cool. Otherwise, I don't see value in the cost. Also, it being a subscription service Mm -hmm. that you have to pay on top of. I can understand why if people want to use the system, they're upset because that's insanity. Right, for sure. But the opinion that I have about, you know, people being really upset about this is essentially it's kind of a I mean, Kyle started to get at this a little bit, but it makes sense for them to want to gate this because it is it has open transfer capability with sword and shield. Uh, you don't want to affect the rarity of any given Pokemon like the, the economy, the shiny economy too much by just introducing this one link. Now, they're not saying you can't transfer that 100 IV shiny Lugia, but you just have to do it and then you 
you have to wait a week before you do anything else. But if you want to, you know, have your living decks in home, which is what I intend to use it for eventually, I can just transfer all my regular guys in there really quickly and then wait a week to do like the extra, you know, the other batch later. And that's not a big deal. But I mean, for a lot of people, they're not doing living dexes. They they want to just transfer that legendary Pokemon or that shiny legendary. That's what they want to use it for. So like, I understand why they're upset, but I feel like people that are upset in that vein, like don't see the big picture, you know, or aren't considering it. They're only considering their one player experience, which is this. I think this decision to gate this, while it is a mobile game commonality, it's like heavily influenced, I'm sure, by pokemon company international and game freak to incentivize the the like i said the shiny economy the rarity economy and the games that they already have i will say i think the cost to refill the energy is extreme and kind of ridiculous oh yeah i don't think it should be offered to refill it i think you should just have to wait and that's it well, it's 10 bucks. How much does it cost for the subscription? What is it, $5 a month, something like that? Yeah. That's, that's Okay, so you're paying two months to do it again now? Ouch. And for most Go players, you can't get the stuff back, so it doesn't matter. Oh, it's $5 for three months? Or if you want to pay for an entire year, it's $16, $15.99. And it is worth mentioning that you can use Pokemon Home for free, but it can only hold up to... 30 Pokemon, and with the paid version, you get 6,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the free version is specifically to transfer Pokemon from one game to another. Yes. The paid version is to actually hold Pokemon. I just think it's absolutely absurd that it's $10 to refresh for what, in the end, is one shiny legendary. <laughs> that That's true, and I think it's prohibitive on purpose. Like, there is a free way to do this, and then you just wait. You know, no big deal. But if you want to wail on this one particular thing, they give you the option to. Now, I, I, you know, I, I guess, yeah, like you're right. The optics of having that option there is negative. But I don't think it's, I don't know. Do people feel like they have to because it's there as an option? Like, you don't have to do it, y'all. Well, I think one of the bummers is that, like, I have a shiny Zapdos, let's say. I got, like, seven of them. I don't even know at this point. It's ridiculous. I don't want them. I transfer one over. I have a week where I can't interact with it at all. Or I can wait per day and then transfer my common Pokemon over. Yeah. For yep. you, Chris, just for example, you would want to put your living decks over there. That's one of each shiny that you have. Yeah. It's 2,000 energy per shiny. That's, that's five, five per week, week maximum yep. you can do. Yeah. Oh, that's going to take forever. Yeah. Well, I better get started. Yes, you should. Yeah. Boy. It's a little bit too prohibitive for every other capacity. Aside from the legendary shiny, which I understand. That's true. I just think that if it was open without any gating, it would feel bad. It would devalue a lot of other people's work that have been shiny hunting and sword and shield forever that don't necessarily play go. Like it just feels like if it was an open, like free trade situation, that it would step on too many people's toes. So I don't think the other way is good either, you know? Probably the lesser of two evils. And also the, the mons that come from Go are tagged Pokemon Go once they go to home and then to another game. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that matters to people in the main series games sphere. I'm not I'm not too familiar. But anyway, uh, just like the other 
topics we've covered today. If you have an opinion, please send it in via email. We'd love to hear it. But let's move right along here. We can't spend all episode hanging out talking about Pokemon Home, although I'd love to. But we have another limited time test. Trade range has been increased. This is a short, sweet one. Trainers is a limited time test from Thursday, November 12th at 2.30 p.m. until Monday. 2.30 p.m.? Interesting. Until Monday, November 16th at 10 a.m. PST. Trade range will be increased. Depending on information gathered from this test, we may include increased trade range as a part of future events. It's time to trade trainers. Now, to verify this, Moo and I did a trade before the show, which turned lucky. Hope you enjoy that, Moo. Uh <laughs> Oh, I did. That was awesome. We're like six and a quarter miles away from each other, I'd probably say. Uh, and we were able to trade. No problem. I was not able to trade with Kyle, who lives a million miles away from me. <laughs> not that far. No, no, but it's it's more than like 20 miles away for sure. Yeah, probably like 25, something like that. Yeah. So this is sweet. I mean, uh, do I have to gather y'all's opinions on this? It's good, right? Good, good. It's not enough, but it's, it's not enough. It's a oh, good this, this guy. Uh, okay. It makes me kind of nervous. They said that they may, in, they may include increased trade ranges as a part of future events. What do they mean? Like go fest so that you can trade with everybody else in the city or something like that. I kind of wish it was on the table for permanent addition. I mean, yeah, I suppose it, it could be on the table for permanent addition in the future at a slightly smaller range. But am I going to be able to do like a lucky trade with my friend in California? Is yeah, a part of a special event that would be amazing. Is that ever going to happen? Probably not. But it's something everybody wants. Is it possible that an extended range comes back for stay at home fest 2021 if that's the way it goes yeah absolutely yeah that's a possibility i i, I think that that's more likely to to come up in discussion than an actual permanent solution is like a core thing let me suggest something get your feedback on what if they introduced a permanent you know long range trading let's just say something not absolutely absurd but like 100 miles you know something like that but it costs poker coins to complete the trade. How many poker coins are we talking here? I would say a hundred, but knowing Niantic, it would be more. A hundred a trade? Yes. You know what? I think you just might have hit the sweet spot for people that are willing to do it for a lucky trade with a friend on a different continent. If it was if it was global, I think that would be right. I, I hesitate to suggest global because then you have the potential for running into people selling pokemon and stuff yeah like but that. but niantic's making two bucks for each time that happens yeah but okay and gating that behind a lucky trade i that's a oh, that's, that's a hard true. sell that's like true 90 days of interaction plus waiting for it to roll to be lucky i don't think there's any market for that yeah, yeah that's a large investment of time and effort and yeah uh-uh, i don't know it wouldn't be lucrative for the person selling the pokemon to have 200 people that they're trying to work up over 90 days for one occasion you know what i mean, I mean I'm, I'm here to tell you that there are bots out there that will do it but <laughs> the market will them. probably be pretty small true true anyway this Fair. looks interesting and i'm excited to see how this is implemented in the future i think we all kind of are let's let's hope that it sticks around or comes back around soon because that was pretty cool being able to trade with Moo. Um, and the last piece of news here is the updates to mega evolution this came out today 
These following three things have been uh, implemented as improvements to the mega system. Buddy earns mega energy from walking, but only if you've mega evolved that family before. So, you know, either of the Charizard evolutions and, you know, whatever. Then if you walk uh, a Charmander buddy, you get the mega energy is my understanding. While mega is active, the evolution is active. Catching any Pokemon of the same type earns bonus candy. Also, extra candy from any raid boss. So that's a good way to generate candy for your buddy. And then see which friends have an active mega evolution in their friends list. That's kind of nice. I'm assuming this is going to be big for the raiding scene for people that are trying to organize and, you know, pick cherry pick who they want to bring and who they don't want to invite. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Looking at the, the mega boosts and all that there. So thoughts, feelings on this. They're good quality of life updates, but there's nothing earth shattering. So the the first part there, Buddy earns mega energy from walking if you've evolved one in the family before. Either that's misleading or the push notification today was misleading because it it had said my slowpoke is going to gain mega energy from walking that. And everybody in Discord was sharing screenshots of whatever it was that they were walking can gain mega energy. So that was wrong or this is wrong. I think that was wrong. I'm going to yeah, go on probably. a limb. I'm going to go on a limb. First of all, I have a follow-up question. Why are you walking a slowpoke? Uh, because it's 100% and it'll be well under 1,500 at level 41. All right. Well, there, I wasn't expecting a cogent answer, but I got one anyway. All right. <laughs> yeah, there was a slight bug at the push notification where it filled in the spot of your, whatever your current buddy was, even if it didn't have a Mega Evolution available. Uh, Moo had a, like a, a slow poke. There was also the sir fetched in the discord, a bunch of different stuff. It was pretty wild. Seeking. Uh, funny, funny stuff. Can you imagine Little the mega seeking? Oh, boy. <laughs> Everybody's saying this mega confirmed because that's what it said on the. Yeah. That's too funny. You sent me that one. I was like, but mega slow bro is a thing. You know, yeah. I was like, is <laughs> is this real? Like, <laughs> right. That'd be awesome. Uh, that would be really cool. Yeah, that definitely made me look twice. But anyway, that's that's a good update from Megas. Um, and uh, I hope that everybody is enjoying that feature a little bit more now that you have a nice way of farming that energy. Okay, and that's the news. Whew. All right, that took some time. But let's move right along into Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're having an Aeroblast with Lugia. Taking a look at whether Aeroblast is something to be excited about after everybody is now rated a whole bunch i know it probably should have done this like last week or something but better late than never right sure so lugia psychic flying aeroblast so one bar charge move 180 damage in pve 170 in pvp 3.4 second duration in pve that's a lot of damage first oh that's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. It's a bucket. But for those of you who don't know, Lugia's fast moves just oof. Extra sensory and dragon tail. They don't exactly complement anything else that's going on. Well, I mean, at least extra sensory gets stabbed, right? Y- yes, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't complement the charge move, at least mm. in terms of rating or anything like that. And because it doesn't have a flying fast move, it's not even worth discussing as a flying type attacker. It doesn't hold a candle to sky attack, Moltres, to anything, really. 
But what about if something was weak to psychic and flying? That's that's the question I was asking myself. And then I realized you mean fighting type, right? Because <laughs> that's that's the only type that has that situation. <laughs> and in that case, I said, why aren't you using Mewtwo or anybody else? That's the biggest problem with Lugia is that anything you would potentially use it for, something else is better in terms of rating. But what about Dragon Tail? Something's got to be weak to Dragon and Flying, right? No, it, there isn't. <laughs> if you don't know your type charts very well, there is not anything that's weak to Dragon and Flying. Unless it's like a, a double type weakness, in which case I guarantee you there's something better. I have I have to cut in. Kyle's notes are slaying me this week. the the point The bullet point for this was what about weak to dragon and flying? The sub bullet is just ha ha. <laughs> I've been sitting here biting my tongue, trying not to cry, laughing. At oh, this it's whole real thing. good. Oh, it's real yeah. good. <laughs> I had to, I had to keep it entertaining because man, it's it's disappointing because Airblast and Lugia are so cool. But true, silver lining. Someone else probably has the details, but Aeroblast Lugia is probably pretty okay for Open Master League. Lugia has like 310 defense, which is absurd. So that makes it pretty good overall in PvP. I've seen a couple of simulations on PvPoke of Lugia with Aeroblast and Master League, and it's positive. But yeah, it's, it's not as good as we were hoping it would be but it's darn close it's it is good but lugia is just in a poor position so in the event that it got like a wing attack or something like that it would be a compelling flying type dps it would be pretty all right but it has 193 attack which is downright mediocre in comparison to a lot of top attackers now let me ask you this Sky Attack Moltres still better. In that situation? Yeah. That very particular tailored situation in which I'm fishing for you to say yes. I I would have to double check, but I'm still pretty <gasps> sure. In terms of DPS, Sky Attack Moltres would win, but Lugia's bulk is enormous. So That's its TDO true. would probably take the lead. That's if, true. I just, you know, any love for Sky Attack Moltres I can find. <laughs> If I remember right, in PvP, Lugia has the highest stat product total, period. Yes. So in in Open Masters, if it got Wing Attack, Gust, Confusion, one of the, the big boys, one of the really good attacks, uh, I, I believe it would be a strong contender to play. But in PvE, there's no chance. Uh, mm-hmm. Caleb Pang had done a video featuring Lugia w- before... Aeroblast just using Hydro Pump and he was getting wins and figuring it out. So I think there's definitely room to play. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's hope so. I mean, we're not going to see how it, how it goes until somebody actually does it. I mean, all the number crunching is great and people establish those metas, but those metas always change because there's something that like, you know, the mind games of the meta, like the sub meta usually flourishes in the middle of any given meta. So it'll be kind of cool to see where Lugia might lie. I'm hope. God, I'm hoping it's... I'm hoping it's relevant. Hero West <laughs> Lugia is just so cool. Anyway, thank you for that, Kyle. Appreciate it. The next section is the Poke Lore. Surprising nobody. All right, this week we're going to be talking about Cubone, the lonely Pokemon, and Marowak, the Bone Keeper Pokemon. 
Let's start off with Cubone. It is called the lonely Pokemon because of its tendency to keep to itself and avoid social situations due to the trauma caused by the death of its mother. All right, everybody take a moment. <laughs> Just gather so yourself. This is, this is a sad one. Yeah. Cubone will often weep at night in mourning of its mother. When oh. Cubone cries, the skull that it wears on its head vibrates and emits a plaintive and mournful sound. On the night of a full moon, the cries are said to be especially terrible. Cubone seems to recognize its mother in the full moon, and so it howls with a particular sadness. I can't read this. I can't do this, guys. <sighs> its oh. cries attract Mandibuzz, a natural predator. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. It is said a Cubone will evolve into a Marowak once it comes to terms with its mother's death. The dreams Cubone have make it cry, but crying makes it stronger. It's like a Saiyan. <laughs> Cubone lives in rocky areas, usually on mountains or in caves. It also once inhabited the Pokemon Tower in Lavender Town, where deceased Pokemon were buried and mourned. Oh, boy. Marowak, let's hope this is better. Upon evolution, Marowak has overcome the grief of its mother's passing. Now ferocious in violence, Marowak is an adept combatant that uses the bone it carries as a weapon and a boomerang. Having evolved, it seeks vengeance on its natural enemy Mandibuzz, which prey on Cubone because of its naturally weak and timid demeanor. Marowak has also been recorded pounding on boulders with the bone club it carries in order to tap out messages to others. It lives in mountains to test its skills. Now for the cool version, in the Alola region, this is what we were all here for, by the way, Marowak <laughs> was faced with an abundance of its natural enemies, grass-type Pokemon. This harsh environment led it to bond closely with its friends, which is said to have created a sort of sixth sense and caused it to take a new form. Alola Marowak's body is black and has pale gray eyes. There is a dark flame-like mark on its skull between the eyes compared to regular Marowak's squatter thicker body, Alola Marowak is relatively thin. White markings resembling shoulder blades, vertebrae, and hip bones are visible on its back. The bone Alolan Marowak uses is longer than the one regular Marowak uses. It customarily mourns its companions by burying them and dancing in mourning. Alola Marowak rubs the bone it wields against its forehead to light the ends in a green flame and then twirls the flaming bone. It specializes in an attack where it releases a weak ball of flame from its bone that will relentlessly pursue its foes. Alolans would fear it for a conjurer due to its rarity and the fearful sight of its dancing with its bone. The dance is also used as a way of mourning for its lost allies. Once its flames have spread onto an opponent, they are impossible to put out with water. The flames are known to cause both mental and physical pain. <laughs> okay. All right. Pump the brakes there. That's a little aggressive. Alongside retaining the ability to learn Bone Club and Bone Meringue and use the Thick Club, Alola Marowak is the only known Pokemon that can learn Shadow Bone, which we knew. We already knew that because we just had that whole thing. That might have been what prompted this. All right. Alola Marowak. Let's look at some stats. Max CP 1835. Wahoo. Lower attack and stamina of 144 and 155. Paired with a respectable defense of 186. Makes Alola Marowak a hefty ghost type. Best move set. Fire spin and bone club slash shadow ball or shadow bone. We went over this. Uh, was it last week? Go back and listen to that gear up for relevant information there. And that's Cubone and Marowak. I'm not going to ask if the two of you have positive love for Marowak because Alola Marowak has universal appeal. Yes, indeed it does. Great. That's all needs to be said. Let's move right along here to the Pokepole. So last week's Pokepole was 
If you could pick the next Community Day Pokemon, what would it be and why? Bonus points for a special move and a clever name for the special research. First one's in from Trent, and he said, Hoot Hoot Community Day, please, if we're not going to get it via Johto Celebration event. Admittedly a selfish request, but honestly, who doesn't want a golden little orb with blue eyes or red-winged beauty? The move could either be Shadow Ball, which can be learned via technical record in Gen 8, or Moonblast, level up move in Gen 8. The 99 cent research would be the Nocturnal Hunter. For those who don't know, Trent really likes Hoot Hoot. He's, he's waiting for the day that Shiny Hoot Hoot gets in the game. So. Yep, and to, to be fair, it is long overdue. It is. Agreed. Yes. As a, a VIP in a couple of Sylph metas, Shadow Ball would be awesome. <laughs> I'm a huge yeah. fan of that idea. The next up, we got Leebot with Pidgey Community Day, please. It's time for Pidgey's Day in the Breeze. <laughs> oh, that's awesome and awful. Also, <laughs> a Gen 1 Pokemon without ever having a Community Day. This little guy deserves to be a shiny in everybody's decks. Shiny Pidgeot is gorgeous and underrated. Not only was it recently added and is a Mega in the game, it's somewhat harder to find for newer players with all of the normal type birds out now. Give everyone access to the Flying Cup exclusive move Gust. They should switch up the bonuses and give triple Mega Energy for Walking Pidgey as your buddy to show off the new feature. Okay, that's actually a really strong idea. I like that. Mm-hmm. Also, give us only Pidgeot Mega Raids during the six-hour community day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and double Mega Energy from Raids. There's no harm in maxing out Pidgey Energy for people because it's less meta-relevant. And will pro- and it will probably retire from Mega Raids soon. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Pidgey Community Day, and I like that they tied in the tied in the, the new feature. That's smart. So somebody's got some marketing skills <laughs> absolutely and with the new xp feature that our poor unfortunate friends in australia new zealand are seeing if xp is part you know ev- evolution xp is a part of that i mean that's the way a lot of us got to level 40 in the beginning was just lucky egging and evolving pidgeys oh, yeah very true very true uh, Copy Cody said, Caterpie Community Day. Research name, the good, the bad, and the butterfree. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Increased Caterpie spawns with featured brown cowboy hat Caterpie. <laughs> Only checked <laughs> by incense and lord. Yes. If you are lucky, you may encounter a shiny brown cowboy hat Caterpie. Team Go Rocket Battles will feature black cowboy hat shadow Caterpie as a reward. If you battle and defeat Team Go Rocket and catch a black cowboy hat shadow Caterpie, once purified, it will become a white cowboy hat Caterpie. For the completionist, the shadow and purified Caterpie can also be shiny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Oh, I love this. Community Day exclusive move sets. Trainers who evolve Metapod, the evolved form of Caterpie, during the event will get a Butterfree that learns the fast attack Gust and Air Slash, exclusive to Butterfree in Pokemon Go. Seven kilometer eggs will contain only bug Pokemon, and if you're lucky, you may hatch a Scatterbug or Larvesta. Raids will also feature bug Pokemon, including Pink Butterfree in three-star raids, <laughs> Genesect Chill Drive in five-star raids, that's giving it ice typing, by the way, and Mega Pinsir in Mega Raids. Oh, finally, yes. I think it would be a fun way to give the Caterpie its day in the sun while giving those who could care less 
slash Caterpie haters a reason to play by adding the new mons to seven kilometer eggs and rates. I love it. That's a good idea. It's a fun time. I like the cowboy hats. <laughs> uh, also, I mean, just putting pink butterfree in three star raids is an event in and of itself. In my just opinion. make all the money. Everyone does it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be awesome. And if Cody wrote that event for you, Chris, that's good stuff. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. It resonated with me on a spiritual level. Thank you very much. Next one's from Mitch. And he said, Hop Hip Community Day. The move would be Worry Seed. Maybe be a Bubble Beam clone. Not sure what won't break Go Battle League. Nah, break Go Battle League. It's fine. Whatever. People will adapt. Research name would be a hop, skip, and a jump. I like it. Yep. In reference to the evolutionary line, good job. Love it. (laughs) It's poetry. All right. right, Can we get a collective groan for Mikey? Aaron Community Day. Uh, (laughs) I have enough shinies. All right, now that that's out of the way, given that it's three stages and we'll eventually have a mega evolution, okay, fair. It wouldn't be out of place for this year. Aaron's community day move would be Icy Wind to mix things up in PvP and introduce a new move like Steel Beam for extra options while doing raids. Next, I would have all Rocket Grunts using a Shadow Aaron for the length of the event, I miss seeing as a community day feature like we've seen previously. And finally, the special research, I'd call it Aaron, the side of caution. (laughs) That's a good one. That's That's, a good one. That's strong. All right. I I would buy that, but I wouldn't be happy about it. I I will retract the groan, but it's still Aaron. (laughs) I don't know. Mikey somehow made it compelling. All three of yes, us. Like, as this yes. was going on, we're like, wait a minute. Hold up. It works. Some ain't right. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'd all play it. We know that. Yeah, of course. We might be complaining <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Man said, I'm going to go with my boy Paris. It doesn't get enough love, in my opinion. In this game, it's not up to par for many reasons. One of them being that there are no true status moves in the game. That's a fair argument mm-hmm. to make. For a community day, they could release the shiny, and when it evolves into Parasect, it could get a new move. The grass-type move Spore, originally a signature move in the main series games. Instead of putting the defending Pokemon to sleep, maybe it could slow their energy generation rate way down, along with doing a bit of damage. I feel adding a cool, unique move like that could work for some less popular Pokemon on community days to add interest for people that may otherwise not care about the Pokemon chosen. Anyway, that's my pick. Odd, but I know I'd love it. Oh, almost forgot the special research would be called more mushrooms, man. (laughs) I'm into it. The whole idea. Uh, That's good. Also, great point about status moves. Yes, there's there's got to be a way that we can implement some of that stuff into the game. I feel like we're approaching the point that it is acceptable complexity. They just need more move diversity, too. I mean, that in and of itself is a good reason. Mm -hmm. Next one's from Siptic, and they said... I think this upcoming double community day is an interesting concept to build on. While I was thinking about it, I thought about the duo Solosis and Gathita. Yes, their shiny aren't the most beautiful, though it's got potential. If Niantic want to bring a double community day event like this month, I think one change would need to happen. First, I would run the event from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., like the recent Drifloon event for both featured community days. Running two different community days is a time toll, which not all players can afford. Let's give Solosis Psy Strike and Gathita Shadow Ball. While we're at it, let's have Mewtwo and 
tier five raids with all moves being possible to receive or TM away. The special research, beans and grapes, an unusual salad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. 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 Uh (laughs) If you were if you were to pick a community day, that raid to go with it is awesome. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Except all moves being possible, you know you're going to walk away with 30 Ice Beam Mewtwo's instead of what you actually uh, want. Uh, 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 uh. No, you're going to walk away with 30 Hyper Beam Mewtwo's. True, true, true. <laughs> oh but God. you can TM them all, so who cares? As long as you walk into it like 200 TMs, you're strong. It's okay. Because Mewtwo has like 19 moves, right? So you're going to spend 20 on each one to get Size Striker Shadow Ball? Yeah. Okay, yeah, but, but it definitely creates that thing where like in the moment you're like, e- guys, you won't believe what I just got again. <laughs> <laughs> right did, did have yeah. Be. yeah 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 <laughs> nice thunderbolts and lastly modders hello gents hi modders how are you hey my suggestion for the january community day a new year means a new you put 2020 behind you and leap into 2021 a fresher greener healthier you along with the unofficial salad pokemon snivy <laughs> I like it. And yes, if you're very lucky, you may encounter 20 to 30 shiny Snivy featured Pokemon Snivy featured moves, seismic toss, the special research, turn over a new leaf, a hundred pages of ball tossing goodness, special (laughs) bonus, quarter hatch, egg distance, happy hunting trainers. I'm into it. I really am. Also, seismic toss would be a sweet move uh, just for coverage sake. Sorry, Snivy, you don't get Frenzy Plant. That's okay. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, it it already has access to a pretty strong move pool evolved, so something for coverage would be great. So this week's PokePoll is, are you planning on utilizing Pokemon Home for storage or transferring to another Pokemon game? If not, why? Uh, I'll go first because I got an easy answer. At some point in time, probably sooner than later, uh, sign up for the premium. Um, just probably do the year. Just foot the $16 for the year so I don't have to worry about it. And I'm going to try to transfer over my living decks so I get my storage back. Reclaim my Pokemon Go storage so I'm not sitting at, you know, 3100 all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't talk to me, Kyle. <laughs> uh, oh, my. My answer is very easy. No, because I have no issues transferring Pokemon. And I'm not going to pay a subscription for home just to keep digital record of my Pokemon. And that's fair enough. Yeah, I've transferred tons of stuff. Don't miss it. Doesn't bother me. I might sign up for it just to get a Miltan box when they're available shiny again and use it once or twice and forget I have it until the next time they're shiny. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you, dear listener, have an answer to the Pokeball question for this week, which is, are you planning on utilizing Pokemon Home for storage or transferring to another Pokemon game? And if not, why? You can go ahead and answer that question we posted on social, such as Facebook and slash or Twitter. Uh, or if you're a patron in our Discord, you can answer there and we pull responses from there as well. You can also send us a voicemail to 262586 7717 or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com but i don't want to get ahead of myself because before we hop into the email section we've got another great pvp corner episode 
for all of you guys right here from Fish and DeFi E. And this week, they're going to be covering all three of the cups that we're currently working through right now. So deep dive on the little, the Canso and the Catch Cups. So there you go. Enjoy. See you on the other side. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi E250. And this is PvP Corner. Um, this is a, a weekly segment we do. We kind of rent out 10 minutes of Chris and Carl's podcast to talk about PvP, what's happening in the world of Pokemon Go battling right now. DeFi-E, what are some of those extreme speed headlines for us? So this week, we are going to talk about two fast moves that have come into the game. Chris and Kyle did a great job of introducing them last week, but now we have the numbers. We can talk about these two fast moves with a little bit more specifics. Starting off, we have in Incinerate, a new fire fast move, which is really exciting. And it is the slowest fast move in the game. It is the very first five turn fast move, which makes it slower than confusion. Right, so a turn is half a second. If uh, you didn't know, uh, all of the moves in Pokemon Go are measured in turns. So when we say turns, that means half a second. Exactly. So confusion is four, correct, Fish? Yeah. So it takes two seconds two full seconds to use confusion. This is a five turn fast move. So it's gonna take two and a half seconds to launch and complete your incinerate fast move. But with that very, very slow speed comes a lot of power. It is equivalent in power to confusion. So it has that same damage output, as confusion but now we have it as a fire type fast move right and uh, the other move that got a buff was poison sting you would have heard about it on last week's episode of gocast they said that it was getting more energy and now we have the stats on that poison sting is giving you one and a half damage per turn which i believe is the same as what it was before but it's now giving you four energy per turn so to put that in context that's the same kind of energy generation as a powder snow or an infestation but it's the same damage as like a mud shot or a thunder shock so you can think of the new and improved poison sting as kind of like a slightly slower version of mud shot or a slightly less damaging version of powder snow all right i'm ready for a little bit of self check-in we are in the middle of the marsh cup and both fish and i have done a few tournaments for it and a pokemon that currently has my heart is Whimsicott. It is ranked pretty low in the PV Poke ratings. However, it is unique in that it's the only Pokemon in the Marsh Cup meta that can learn charm. And that charm damage really helps it out with Pokemon like Galvantula, Pokemon like Shiftry, Sableye. It can beat Crustle. And it has big power charge moves like Grass Knot and Hurricane. But I don't have cottony candy to be able to power one up and double move it. So I am going to be on the lookout for field research tasks so I can power up this Whimsicott. Well, uh, to be honest, DeFi, I actually, I disagree with you a little here. I think Whimsicott, yes, good Pokemon, and it can beat a lot of those very, you know, good meta picks. But what I'm seeing at the moment is as the month goes on, the meta is constricting more and more until almost every battle is becoming basically a rock, paper, scissors type dynamic between Ferrothorn, a Mudboy, so Swampert, Quagsire, Whiskash, and Alolan Marowak. So if you look at those three Pokemon together, they all very hard counter each other, and two of those three Pokemon beat Whimsicott. So I think because of that, Whimsicott not going to be quite as good. Well, Fish, let me ask you this. If you want to break the core, if you want to break that powerful line of three, what Pokemon are you going to be using? 
So once I realized that this core was happening, I went looking for a Pokemon that could break that core and I came across Shiftree. Shiftree is a really diverse Pokemon. It has Snarl, Foul Play and Leaf Blade, which uh, three moves that, well, well, two charge moves that um, there's really not much in the meta that resists them both. It gets to them so, so fast and it can beat all three of those, the Ferrothorn, the Mudboy and the Alolan Marowak. Uh, the one caveat to that is that Alolan Marowak will win in the two shield because that fire spin is going to catch up to Shiftree eventually. But other than that, yeah, Shiftree breaks all three of those. Hey, Fish. Yes. Guess what Pokemon just hard counters Shiftree? Whimsicott. It is my <laughs> Whimsicott, so I will be ready for your Shiftree team. All right, bring it on, Deepai. I will. All right, I think that's good for our self-check-in. Let's move into our deep dive of the week, which is going to be the season five of GBL. Starting off with the Little Cup, which is probably finishing up or may have already ended by the time you listen to this podcast. It runs from Monday, November 9th through Monday, November 16th. Now here at the PVP Corner team, we wanna put a little caveat, a little PSA here. We can't predict the future. We don't know. If, what? What? <laughs> right. I cannot look into my crystal ball and tell you if this meta will ever return. We don't know. So we are hesitant to encourage people to spend a lot of dust on things that we don't know if you're ever going to use again. That being said, if you are going to invest some dust into the little cup, there's really only one Pokemon that you need to be concerned about and build your team around. And that is Bronzor. Fish, can you tell me a little bit about why? Why is Bronzor so good? So it's all to do with something in PvP that we call stat product. If you don't know, stat product is basically a number that we get whenever we multiply the attack, defense, and HP of a Pokemon. Generally, the higher a stat product a Pokemon has, the better it will do. Obviously, there are very much different factors uh, involved in that, like what the Pokemon's moves are and what typing it has. But in a general sense, the stat product will help determine how good a Pokemon will be in the respective leagues. So to put it in perspective, Dino, which is an average Pokemon for this little cup, if you multiply its attack, defense, and HP together, you come up with a number of 371,000. So that's its stat product. Barboach is a little bit higher at 402,000. Wooper, 437,000, Cottony 478,000, Bronzor weighs in at a whopping 654,000. So what that means in real terms is that mainly its defense and HP are so high that even if you come in against a Bronzor with a Pokemon that should counter it, like a Litwick or something like that with the Ember fast move, Bronzor is just so thick that it will outlast that Pokemon. You know, it'll just be able to soak up those super effective moves and just outlast everything. So if you're gonna be building a line of three for the Little Cup, we recommend obviously Bronzor being a just complete powerhouse. And then you need to be ready to counter Bronzor. Some of the best ways that you can counter Bronzor is with dark type Pokemon. So Houndour is an amazing choice Using Ember, Crunch, and Flamethrower, you could also use a Shadow Houndour. Another really good choice might be Puchina. Puchina has access to that Snarl, it has Crunch, and then it also has that coverage, a little bit of spice with Poison Fang. 
And then you're going to need something to counter the bronze or counters. What completely walls dark types would be a charm user. And cottony is a fantastic choice as a charm user. Cottony just keeps coming up. It does keep coming up for you, doesn't it, Diva? It does. Uh, but no, I actually I fully agree with that one. Cottony uh, with that charm damage is just so quick to melt things. All right. I think that's good on Little Cup. Let's move on to Kanto. What can you tell me about Kanto Cup? So uh, Kanto comes in as soon as Little Cup finishes. So that is Monday, November 16th to November 23rd. And that is only Pokemon with a Pokedex number between 1 and 151, which is typically the Pokemon from the Kanto region. What that does mean, though, is that all of the Alolan and Galarian variants of Pokemon, they have the same Pokedex number, so they're actually eligible. So uh, Alolan Marowak, Alolan Muck, uh, Galarian Ponytar, if you really want to use one of those. So the Pokemon that you are most likely to see in this cup is definitely Hypno. Hypno dominates Open Great League and that it brings that domination here to Kanto Cup. Hypno is really a Swiss army knife of Pokemon. It has access to several different punches and it also has that hard hitting move of Shadow Ball. So you want to be prepared depending on what Hypnos you're seeing and what people are running. Some really good general counters to Hypno are going to be Pokemon like Mew, and then the following three Alolan variants, Alolan Muck, Alolan Marowak, and Alolan Raticate. So a Muck, a Wack, a Rat. <laughs> Just like the nursery rhyme. Just exactly. <laughs> so those are all really great counters to Hypno. Also, you want to keep your eye on anything with a normal typing because Hypno's big power move is that Shadow Ball. And if you have a normal typing, you're going to be able to resist that. A couple Pokemon to point out. Wigglytuff with its normal fairy typing. Also Snorlax with its normal typing. It also has Lick as a fast move. That will also beat Hypno. Uh, some other things are Machamp, which is really good against the Snorlax that can counter Hypno, and some Ice types like Alolan Sandslash, Dugong, Lapras, they'll, they'll be pretty prevalent as well. Machamp, on the other hand, has to really watch out for Charm from Wigglytuff and Confusion from Hypno because that will melt a Machamp. My personal pick to be a Hypno counter, as well as a counter for a few other things, is Alolan Muck because that typing is fantastic, Poison and Dark means it's only weak to ground type. It will hardwall a Hypno, it will hardwall an Alolan Marowak, and with that combination of Dark Pulse and Sludge Wave, you're hitting a lot of things for super effective damage and at least able to hit most things for neutral damage. It's really versatile and with an energy lead, it can flip the tables against even things that it normally loses. And then as we leave the Kanto Cup, we will be going into Catch Cup the last week of this season of GBL. It begins Monday, November 23rd and goes till Monday, November 30th. The caveat with this cup is only Pokemon caught since the beginning of the fifth season are eligible to participate. So only Pokemon that you've caught since Monday, November 9th, when season five started until Monday, November 30th, those are the only Pokemon you can use. Your Mythicals, Mew, Celebi, Jirachi, Victini are not eligible for the catch cup. So even if you've been saving them in your research, you are not allowed to use them for the catch cup. So again, just like the little cup, we don't encourage people to go too crazy on their stardust. Having said that, uh, if you are someone who really wants to do well and uh, climb those rankings during this period 
of season five, then what we've done is we have taken the list from the Silph Road website of current field research tasks, and we're gonna give you all the current tasks as of the time of this recording that are giving you meta-relevant Pokemon. We will get Chris to put the link to this in the show notes, so don't worry if you don't have a pen and paper handy, <laughs> you don't have to run to get one. Uh, we will put this in the notes. So just to run them through now, you've got Catch five Pokemon with Weather Boost. That has a 50% chance of giving you a Poliwag, which can evolve into a Poliwrath, which is a really versatile little Pokemon for Great League. Catch three Fairy-type Pokemon will give you Clefairy. The AR Mapping task has a 50% chance of giving you Skarmory. Make three Great Throws has a one in three chance of giving you Ghastly. Give your buddy three Treats will give you Swablu. Send three Gifts to Friends will give you Jigglypuff. Earn five hearts with your buddy gives you Rolts. Win a raid gives you Marwile. And Hatch an Egg gives you DeFi's favorite, Cottony. Thank you. I will be on the lookout for those tasks. And I think that's just about a show. As we close today, we just want to remind you that we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or for myself, you can direct your feedback to mail at gocastpodcast.com, that same email address that Chris and Kyle plug at the end of the show, and we will be able to access your feedback there. And that is the show. Let's kick it back to Chris and Kyle. Thanks again, Fish and DeFi. Appreciate your coverage on those three cups. You know what? The little cup has been treating me pretty well. It's been a lot of fun. So I'm excited to now, (laughs) I guess, uh, educated on the other two cups to hopefully find some fun in the catch cup as well. I've been catching a lot of Pokemon thinking, is this going to matter? I'm not entirely sure. Let's figure it out when we get there. But it's the email section. Kyle. The emails? Emails. Emails. That's called dropping the ball in a transition. It's the email <laughs> section. So the first emails from JJ. They said, hey, guys, last week, did I really hear Kyle say that the original 151 is boring? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did I say boring? Yes, you did say boring. Okay, then I'll stand by that. <laughs> but they're definitely overrated. I've listened to him crush on Gengar for at least an hour total on all these podcasts combined. Just I was so shocked hour. it almost made me forget about how Chris eats Kit Kats. Stop vilifying me for the way I eat Kit Kats, everybody. I'm second, done. Second, the original 151 can still be boring and they can still have good Pokemon in it. That's all I'm going to say. Oh my God. Okay, but then you remember you that Muck and Execute and stuff Voltorb. like that exists. And Voltorb. So... Gengar can still be cool. The starters can still be cool. The legendary birds can still be cool. Dragonite can be goofy. (laughs) But the overall generation is not the best there is. Okay, whatever, dude, whatever. Come on down. Come on down from the soapbox. I got off my soapbox. (laughs) Here's my real reason for waiting. What is your guys' response or opinion on the now classic line, you still play Pokemon Go? This happened to me the other day, and I always get caught in an awkward situation when that comes up in a conversation. I guess this is just what comes with a game that had pretty much everyone in the planet give it a try in 2016. 
Thanks for everything you guys do, JJ. All right. One one liner responses from each of us. Uh, sure. <laughs> Chris, right. you first. Yeah, this game makes two million dollars a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like uh, no, my my response is just I do. It's it's still around. Lots of people play it. It's been a long time since I've been asked because I don't like see people anymore. But <laughs> my my answer is just yup, and I walk away. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Bury them in confidence. Yeah. Oh, but thank thanks for the email, JJ. Appreciate it. All right. Next up, we have Grayson. Hi, Kryle. Thanks, man. Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> I have a huge answer for the Pokepole, so please keep it in an email format. My answer to the Pokepole is January's Community Day is going to feature Slowpoke. I'm a fan. The Dopey Pokemon. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny one. In one-star raids and in 2K eggs, you'll be able to get Galarian Slowpoke. And if you're even luckier, you might encounter a shiny one. Ooh. Ooh. Evolve Cantonian Slowpoke into Slowbro during the event period or two hours after to obtain a Slowpoke that knows the exclusive fast move Ice Fang and Evolve Cantonian Slowpoke or two hours after into Slow King that knows the exclusive move Hydro Cannon. That would be a powerhouse. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Then evolve Galarian Slowpoke during the event or two hours after to obtain a Slowbro that knows the Community Day move Shell Sidearm. A Galarian Slowking will learn Eerie Spell. Oh, I haven't heard of those two. Shell um, sidearm and eerie spell is that are those new uh, for Galarian? Probably. So it's got to like be. It. I yeah. have no information on that. <laughs> Fair That's enough. Okay. In Mega Raids, battle Mega Slowbro and collect its Mega Energy to obtain Mega Slowbro. For one dollar or a cl- equivalent in your area, you will be able to access the exclusive Community Day research Slow Style of Slowpoke. I like it. Mm-hmm. Join Professor Willow as he learns about Slowpoke, Galarian Slowpoke, and its evolutions. Complete the research to earn three golden raspberries, a poffin, 5,000 stardust, three king's rock, necessary, and other rewards. A community day box, including 30 ultra balls, three incense, <laughs> an elite fast TM, five star pieces for 1,280 Poke coins. Ooh, five star pieces. Sign me up. Yeah, that's not bad. A free box contains three remote raid passes that will be in the shop to collect. The bonus is three times catch Stardust. Hooray! Yes, that's the right choice, Grayson. Yes, sir. Hope Electabuzz and Magmar Community Day goes well, Grayson. Now, my only suggestion would be name the special research the same as the previous special research was named. (laughs) Oh, yes. he's just a little behind I about a like month that yeah that would that would be just perfect that is a monster of an event grayson yeah it's awesome the exclusive moves choices were great too yeah thank you for the email grayson really appreciate it this next one's from tristan hey chris and kyle they were spelled interestingly like <laughs> nice combinations of the names uh, i'm wondering are all the bugs and ghosts you guys are maxing out all lucky pokemon no no no, no, they're not. No. Mm-mm. To save <laughs> half of the Stardust cost would be huge for all of those Pokemon. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> if you catch a Pokemon, the other one still needs to max out. Spam trade them with each other in the hope of getting the lucky one would be my advice. I think, hope, you already do so. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Stay safe, Tristan. No, Kyle and I never see each other. <laughs> I, I will say, when I was starting out, I attempted to do the trades with my girlfriend for as many as she had. And I got a couple of them. So a couple of mine were lucky. Yeah. I probably should have probably should have tried to do that with local players, but uh, no, I just kind of like complaining about how much dust I'm wasting. There's value in that. There's value in, in, in that for sure. (laughs) Thanks for your email, Tristan. I hope we disappointed you today. Next emails from justice. And they said, Yo, what's up, my dudes? What's up? Hey, how's it going? It's going to be a long one, so take a deep breath again. I have some things to say. So first thing is, don't you think it would be super dope if they made a Lavatar Community Day? I think it would. Can I say you're a monster for eating Kit Kats like that again? Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the constant harassment is necessary. I told you. The police are going to show up and be like, so we heard heard you're a weirdo when it comes to Kit Kats. (laughs) I'm not going to stop telling you about it, but yeah, I entered a fingerboard competition at my school and I won. So I'm pretty happy about that. My question is, and this has nothing to do with Pokemon Go, who is your favorite peanut? Like Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Peppermint, Patty, and people like that. Mine is Marcy. I think she's funny. Okay. Bye. All right. Charlie Brown and the peanuts. Uh, Linus. Oh, it's got to be Snoopy for me. Woodstock. Oh, that's a clutch pick. Woodstock's that's a, a really answer. clutch so pick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Especially in all the animated stuff. The, the when, Once they gave Woodstock more personality in like the show, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm right there with you. That's a good choice. Uh, anyway, thank you for the email there, Justice. Glad to hear your fingerboarding competition went so well. That's awesome. And next, we have the illustrious overseer, Justin. Hey, Kyle. Yep. Hey. So I have a new purpose in life complete a shiny lucky hundo unknown decks mic drop sent from my padded room justin uh i mean yeah you're gonna be in a padded room trying to uh-huh. that. yeah Good luck. uh-huh i'm a fan of that goal and that is gonna take some time oh awesome well, you can't be in a padded room because you have to go to all these different locations for all these events Across that the unknown the world, only yeah. show up at yeah 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 what you got to do is you got to get a padded private jet perfect perfect (laughs) but yeah good good luck with that justin thanks for the email this next one is from seth and i'm going to paraphrase this and keep it rather short because it is a monstrous email he went and he did the double community day strategy kind of emulating what we're doing this month for community day that niantic is doing for these community days this month rather um and i'm going to like i've done in the past for our longer really well-written emails i'm going to put this up in a google doc and put a link to it in the show notes because it's awesome. But anyway, from Seth, good day, mates. Checking in here with my post special weekend event thoughts and my answer to the Pokeball. So there's a little bit more before that. I was fortunate to be able to participate in both events and overall had a good time. I think that there was some room for improvement, but I can't complain too much for being able to participate in two free exclusive events. Ugh. You got Grubhub to work for you. To briefly go over my highs and lows of the weekend, I got a shiny Ferris seed. It was from the special hey. research, so it actually has decent IVs as well. Holla. For me in particular, I found that the Pokemon spawning from the incense were split 50-50 between the special event spawns and the animation week spawns. I felt that it really took away from the events getting so many non-event spawns. I also thought 
that there would be more encounters with Gibble than the one encounter each day. Fair enough. Overall, I give the event a solid 7 out of 10. That's a good review. Now for the Pokepole. Here we are. I'll make this a two-parter. Similarly to this month, January will feature two community days, Starly and Magnemite. Now, he has all the features all set up and everything else like that. I'm going to pick a few of the best of the highlights, and then the entire thing, like I said before, will be linked in the show notes. The first one is for Starly, the Starling Pokemon. The special event lasts six hours, the usual stuff that you'd expect. The special research is going to be named Gazing at the Stars. Follow Professor Willow as he learns about Starling and discovers how it and its evolved forms, Staravia and Staraptor, soar through the skies. Love it, I love it, I love it. And then for the next one, the Pokemon is Magnemite, the Magnet Pokemon. And the special research for this one is called the Crown Jewel, but it's spelled like a jewel, as in like a, like a measurement of electricity. J O U L E. Love it. Solid. <laughs> Professor like it. Willow, as he learned about Magnemite, and discovers how it and its evolved forms, Magneton and Magnezone, shock the competition. I adore this entire thing, but it's a lot. And like I said, I'm going to link it so everybody can enjoy it at their own leisure. Thank you so much for that email, Seth. Really appreciate it. And this next and last email is from Mitch. Our usual caboose to the email section it starts with cryle mitch mitch <laughs> i almost forgot to write an email this week i'll be honest i go home for the winter in two weeks so that's pretty crazy hope you both and listeners are doing well just just not you moo i guess yeah well yeah <laughs> i didn't tell him it's fair enough he didn't know old goals 10 lugia raids because lugia will only be in raids the day before next episode yes shiny acquired on the on our social call as well that we have for patrons. Oh, good wow. for you. That sounds like a cinematic acquire. A, a uh, do 100 battles on Go Battle Night. Nope, 75. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> it was a tough grind. 75 is still a lot. Yeah, it is a tough grind. Uh, 200,000 dust again. Yes, I spent a lot on Bronzor earlier, though. Oh, oh I wonder why. Little cup, little cup, little oh. cup. <laughs> New goals. Rank 10 this season. 20 plus shiny Electabuzz and 400,000 Stardust. Good luck, Mitch. Wow, another week, another amazing episode of GoCast. Shiny vibes all. You know my name. I do. It's Mitch. Mitch cooks gravy. Harry. Harry. I wanted somebody else to say it this time. I always say it. Thank you. Appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for the email there, Mitch. And that brings us to the end of our show here. But before our usual plugs, Moo, why don't you tell all the fine folks at home where they can find you and the content that you make? Uh, I do Twitch, twitch.tv slash legendary moo with an underscore at the end because somebody took my name. How could they? Twitter, they? I know, right? Wow, go never, find them. They never posted anything. Whoa, that's even worse. I know, whatever. On Twitter, at Pogo Moo. And on Twitch, generally, it's Go Battle League. We do raids sometimes. I do really enjoy being outside and playing and streaming that, but that's going to hit the brakes here real soon as the weather turns. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair enough. Chicagoland area is rough in the winter. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But we will make sure that we have links to Moo and his content in the show notes as well. Um, all right. So the plugs for us. If you want to email us like these fine folks did in the section previous, you can send those over to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also call in and leave us a voicemail to the phone line 262-586-7717. 
Uh, please visit our website for all things GoCast and details about pretty much anything that we mention here, just about everything, at GoCastPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, our most active social media account. That's at GoCastPodcast. You can also like us on Facebook at the GoCast Podcast. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCastPodcast where as little as $1 a month gets you access to our patron-exclusive Discord. It's the best place ever, really. I honestly feel that way. And while we're talking about patrons, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zekwalker, Splinteris, Andrew, that's this one right here, Chad, Robert, Lori, and John. Thank you so much for your generous patronage. Much appreciated. Um, But if monetary support isn't in the cards for you right now or at all, um, that's completely fine. You can also help support the show by leaving us a review on whatever podcatching service you might be using via Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever they have reviews. It takes you just a minute and it helps us out immensely. Okay, well, that's the show. I want to say, Moo, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. This has been in the works for a long time. Yeah, great. it was great being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. But you're not getting out of here alive. And by that, I mean, you have to set a couple of goals. Ah, yep. Uh, you thought you thought <laughs> you had a way me. out. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. me. <laughs> okay, so um, we'll we'll set some good examples, and then we will have you go last. How about that? All right. Okay, Kyle. What about you? What you doing? Let's not forget that it's is it Electa, it's Electabuzz Community Day this weekend. Yep, that was my first goal. Is fifteen shiny Electabuzz. Okay. Um, I'm not making an egg goal. You can't make me. Chris, uh, I'm can, making you. You can make that your own. Oh, okay. Jeez. All right. Uh, as for other goals, oh man, is nothing else is happening right now. Oh no. When does animation week end? Like tomorrow? <laughs> no, it ends in 53 minutes. Oh, it ends at 10 p.m. tonight. Oh, okay. yes. Well, then yes. we're not gonna worry about that. <laughs> did you finish the limited research, Kyle? I don't think I did. Kyle, oh, don't talk to me. Okay? Did you make that a goal? <laughs> I did no, not. he didn't. No, no. Well, I forgot no, it was good. a thing. And then like my last <laughs> week has been so busy. Look, look, okay. I am also going to do the the special research for the Electabuzz, but that doesn't really count, I don't think, for a goal. No, it no. doesn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for three hundred thousand Stardust again. Wow. Okay. There's no Stardust boost on anything this week. Yeah, but you know, maybe I'll actually get to play some. And I'm gonna aim for a shiny Aeroblast Lugia. I haven't even gotten one Aeroblast Lugia yet. So <laughs> you haven't done one yet? Oh my yet? gosh. No. Dude. Why, why? Oh, yeah. I you got to get out I there. I don't really care. It's only I only care because I'm making it a goal now, which I guess is good. That's the point. Yes. Yeah. You've stumbled upon the point of doing this after 118, now 18 episodes of doing this. <laughs> uh, so let's go with the, those are my goals this week. Okay. All right. Awesome. 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 I'm going to shoot for 2-1-D, uh, Shiny Electabuzz, just to push it a little bit further than Mr. Kyle here, as is my tradition. But I will probably uh, crash and burn where Kyle will not, as is also usually the tradition. Um, 300,000 Stardust, I think, is a good goal as well, because I do intend to play the entire community day, um, regardless of weather. Hopefully it'll be nice, though. It'd be nice to do some outdoor walking for probably the last weekend in the Chicagoland area that we can justifiably do so. That'd be nice. Yes. Yes, it would. 
And then during community day, I'm going to try to hatch at least two sets of nine of the 2K eggs. So um, 18 2K eggs. I'm really searching for, I'm tr- okay, the goal is the 18 2K eggs, but I'm really looking for a shiny Ella kid. That's <laughs> oh, really I forgot that's going to be part of it. Now I want to hatch an egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just one. One egg. Just one. No. One egg. All right, Moo, it's your turn. Uh, 500 shiny Electabuzz. Um, I'm gonna, my goal would be to catch 1300 Electabuzz. Um, okay. okay. All right. Cause I, I don't care about shiny rate. So, you know, whatever it is, so it'll be 60 grunts to 6,000. Mm-hmm. So we'll make that a goal for Tuesday and I'm not hatching eggs that I hate a hatching eggs on community day. <laughs> yes. it, interrupts, it interrupts the screen. I can't catch as fast. Oh, you guys. <laughs> and... One new gold gem, because okay. that's been a little while. All right. One new gold gem. Okay. I don't think that's a goal that anybody has really ever set on a show before, so nice. Go cast history right here. All right. That's the episode. Again, Moo, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciated it. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Kyle, thanks for being here, dude. Thanks for having me, as always, every week. Every week, I don't, yeah. At this point in time, I don't think I have a choice. You know, uh, you're just you're just here, right? Yeah, I just show up. He <laughs> keeps showing up. I can't make him. Anyway. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.